With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, this is Nick Augustine, and I'm your host on this episode of Law Talk Radio, produced by Nick Augustine Public Relations and Creative Content Marketing. Partial support for Law Talk Radio comes from sponsor advertisers who cover our production fees. We encourage our friends and colleagues to help sponsor the production of our Law Talk Radio shows. You can send me an email directly for more information on sponsor plans and benefits at nick at nickaugustinepr.com. Don't forget to share other on-demand links uh, to these episodes and your social media pages when you see something you'd like to share with your friends. All of our podcast channels and programs are available are available on our website located at nickaugustinepr.com where you can also uh, find links to our Law Talk Radio Facebook page as well. Today's show is number four in the series with Jim Thompson talking all about referrals. Uh, today we're going to be talking about networking a little bit, but uh, as a general premise, if this is your first time listening, referrals are the lifeblood of any business, and especially lawyers, for, for lawyers. So why is it that lawyers are not getting the referrals they need to grow the practice? So we've been talking about this topic, and we'll continue to talk with Jim Thompson, who's a retired attorney and author of the book, Why Attorneys Fail to Get the Referrals They Deserve, they Need, uh, Deserve and Need to Grow Their Practice and What They Can Do About It. Uh, you can also get a copy of that ebook if you uh, send Jim an email at jet at lawyersmarketingresource.com. Uh, so Jim and I are going to continue talking today about the reasons lawyers are not getting referrals and a few things they can do to grow their referral base. Uh, today's focus, again, is networking. We're going to not use the uh, N word in networking. Jim's going to talk us, talk about that a little bit. And then um, just as a teaser for next week, St. Patrick's Day, we're going to talk about following up. So as uh, all the Irish are, uh, have a beer on their desk, they may be uh, following up with uh, contacts and whatnot. So about our host, uh, again, Jim Thompson is with us. He's a retired lawyer, again, well-known for helping attorneys get on track to earning more referrals through cost-effective activities. Uh, and I am Nick Augustine, and I have a company that helps lawyers share tips and stories about the practice areas by writing their blog content, managing social media, and producing internet radio podcasts. Enough from me. Let's say hi to Jim. Hey, Nick. How you doing? Uh, great talking to you. We're going to get up to about 50 degrees here today, and then we're getting two inches of snow on Wednesday, so uh, i got to go out and play in the yard for a little bit after we're done talking. But what we're going to talk about... <laughs> Tomorrow will be a day for doing marketing. Yeah, great. Uh, What we're going to talk about today, we're going to take a little bit of a detour from the the actual referral process, but you'll see what we're going to, how we're doing it and why we're doing it. We're going to be talking about um, to a lot of attorneys and a lot of other small business owners uh, when I, I broach this subject, it's, it's the, the N-word, and, and the people, it's the networking word, if you will. And, and uh, sometimes when, when I'm talking to a group or I'm talking to individuals or whatever, and I, I bring that subject up, I, I get this, you know, glass over, a glass over eye effect that, 
oh, I don't want to talk about that. I know what networking is all about, and I hate networking, and I don't want to go be around a bunch of people, et cetera, et cetera. So what we're going to talk about this morning is the whole new philosophy, if you will, of networking. We're going to start with today and, and then go into probably next week's programming and talking about what networking is today, what it is not, and, and some of the things that you can do that will really, uh, quite frankly, help you uh, develop a, uh, a referral base. And, and how this came about, uh, oh, I guess a while back I was talking to a young attorney and we were talking about um, getting more clients by going back and, and uh, mining, if you will, all the uh, clients you already have. And she kind of looked at me like, well, that's great for attorneys that have been in practice for a while, but I just hung up a shingle and I don't really have a, a bunch of clients out there. And I go, well, yes, but here's what you can do. And basically, um, with new attorneys and even with, I'll call them seasoned attorneys, uh, you need to be thinking about networking. Now, having said that, I hope I still have some people who are listening because I want to sh share with you what, what has changed you with regard to networking. And the first thing I want to do is get you in the mindset of kind of changing your mind about the word networking, and we're going to be using the term netweaving. That's netweaving. I will be explaining that in just a minute here. Now, occasionally, because it's been ingrained in my brain and many others, I will automatically say networking, but I am going to try to, to, to really convey to you the term netweaving to get you thinking about the term netweaving from this point forward. Uh, you know, most of us, when we had heard before we're going to go to a networking event, we, we get this image that somebody's going to be standing there passing out a bunch of business cards, shaking our hands, saying, hi, how are you? Uh, my name is so-and-so, and I do so-and-so, and let's connect up because um, I, I want to sell you my product. That's what most of us have come to see as what networking used to be. Quite frankly, I don't see that anymore. I, people are starting to, to get away from this, I'm handing out a business card, uh, you need to do business with me, et cetera, et cetera. And I think one of the reasons is people have gotten sick of the the old networking um, the model, if you will. So what has come to come into being, and and people call it different things, but but it's 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 a term that uh, a friend of mine from Australia, I first heard it from her, basically used the term net weaving, and basically what net weaving means is I'm not looking for you to do business with me. I want to know how I can help you in your business. That is a you know complete 180 degree shift in the thought process with regard to uh, going to networking events. So from now on, thinking of, uh, in terms of I'm going to a, a net weaving event. I'm going to an event to build a relationship. Now, let me back up and say one thing, too. Um, a lot of people, when I, I talk to them about going to um, networking, and I'm using that phrase in the old way, uh, they're, they're thinking of, um, well, I, I go to these events, Jim, and uh, I don't get any business from them. I, you know, I went to this event last night or the night before, 
and I don't get any business out of that. And I, I, I look at them and I say, that's exactly right. You are not going to get any business by simply showing up at an event. You have to develop relationships with people. You have to go to an event maybe three times, maybe four times, maybe for a year before anybody will do business with you because you have to build up, and we've talked about this before, this know, like, and trust factor. And you simply cannot do that by going to just an event one time. It may take, like I said, three times. It may take four times. It may take a year. It all depends on a number of factors. But you have got to go with the idea that I am going to an event to build relationships with people. I'm not going to an event to get business, although that may be in the back of your mind, and, and, and we can't put that totally aside. But you are going to an event tonight, tomorrow, whatever, to meet people so that you can build a relationship with them. And obviously, part of building that relationship is when you're talking to them, you need to be asking them, what can I do for you? How can I help you in your business? Who do you need to meet? What, what is it that I can do to help you? You want to become the person that they go to for help. By doing that, they're going to say, well, gee, nobody's ever asked me that before. I've gone to these events and they're looking for business, but nobody has really said, what is it that I can do for you? How can I help you? And trust me, people are going to remember that. They are going to remember you as the person that is trying to help people. Now, I also um, will get a little pushback of, of, Jim, I've gone to a number of events, or I don't know what events to go to. And again, I would simply say, first of all, talk to your friends. Maybe some of the other attorneys you know or other small business owners or, or or people, your clients, and find out what events they go to. Kind of find out what the event is. Um, an example, not an attorney event, but there's a group here that, that meets, and it's all in the construction industry. They get a bunch of people together that go once a month for a meeting with regard to construction problems and things of that nature. If you happen to be an attorney that works in that area, that would be a good event for you to go to to meet people who may at some point need your services, but also how you can go and, and help them, help them understand some of the intricacies of, of what goes on in the construction line. Maybe something new has come down. Maybe you can let somebody know this is what's going on. Maybe you can let the person who uh, chairs the event, if you will, uh, know that you would like to speak to the group because of some new uh, nuances in the law that have come down. So you see where I'm going with this. You're going to, you may have to go to different events a couple of times, two or three times, to find out what is going to work for you. And again, uh, I go to a lot of networking events, and I'm quite frankly pulling back from some of the events I go to because I've been to so many. My time is now taking up with, with a lot of things, other things. But you're going to have to find out on your own what works for you and what doesn't work for you. Um, and, and, you know, it, it's just a matter of time. It is not going to happen overnight. It's the same thing, and we, we stress this with regard to, to getting referrals. You're not just going to start getting referrals right out of the ballpark, even because, uh, and we go through this process of how you can ask for referrals, and even if you start asking for referrals in the right way, 
you're not going to all of a sudden get referrals. It is a process, and you need to be looking at this as a, a process over time. One other thing that, that I w would suggest is when you go to a networking, again, I use that word, I want to say net weaving, but I obviously revert that to networking too. But if you go to a net weaving event, you want to be thinking in terms of, I may not meet someone at that event that can use my product or my service. But here's the thing. You probably will meet someone that knows someone can use your services. And, and, and it's been pointed out before, and you, you may have heard this before, but everybody knows somewhere in the neighborhood of 200 to 250 people. So if you meet someone at an event and that person cannot, will never use your services for whatever reason, but they may know 10, 15, 20 people who at one point down the road can use your services. So you've got to be thinking in those terms too. So, Nick, do you have any comments on that so far? Yeah, I like what you're telling me about this. The concept that I hear is more just really relationship management and meeting new people to you know trade ideas with and and such. I think that when it's not a direct ask and it's not a um, you know a direct fishing for business or something without that obligation there, I think people are more able to develop uh, friendships and business associations and uh, really enjoy each other's company because that's where it all starts. Yeah, and one of the other things I, I didn't mention, but in talking to a lot of lawyers, and I'll bring this up because we, we quite frankly had started a lawyer group here that's strictly for lawyer networking amongst themselves because lawyers have told us that we have a group that I'm involved in called the Small Business Advocacy Council with about 800 members and about 150 of them are lawyers. And we, at any event that we would have, uh, not weaving an event that we would have, we'd get maybe one or two, maybe at the absolute most, three lawyers showing up. And so I started talking to lawyers about why they're, they're not coming to these events. And a, a lot of them would say, well, Jim, most of my business comes from other lawyers and there's no lawyers coming to these events that, 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 that are, you know, the lunches and the breakfast and other type of events that we have, so we're not getting lawyers coming there, so therefore um, I'm not going to meet other lawyers, so therefore I'm not coming to those events. And, of course, my first retort to them is, when was the last time you were at a networking event? And it's like, uh, I haven't been in quite a while. What we did is actually form a lawyer's community where lawyers can come together and feel comfortable with other lawyers so that other lawyers can meet other lawyers uh, in different areas where they can start, you know, maybe referring business to each other. One of the things that I talk to lawyers about, and they get a little upset when I say it, but it's true, and having been, having practiced for a number of years, I know we as a group of folks, lawyers, are controlling, and that's not a bad thing. But but we're we're talking to a jury. We want to be in control. We're we're advising a client to sign an agreement, and we want to be in control. We are, are controlling in that regard. And lawyers, when, when they go to a, a net weaving event, they aren't in control. They walk into a room, and there may be thirty or forty people they don't know in that room, and so basically they uh, are 
are shy or stuck or whatever the word you want to use. They don't feel like they are in control of the situation, so it's uncomfortable for them. So one of the things I do with, with, with a lot of my lawyer clients is talk about how you can uh, become comfortable when you go into a setting where there's only two or three people that you may know. And, you know, there's a whole bunch of other people there uh, that, that and, and make you feel a little more comfortable when you do walk into that room. And so that's some of the things we, we teach lawyers, and obviously we don't have time to go into that um, in the half hour that we have every week. So uh, if, if anybody is interested in that, I'd be glad to share some of the things we, we talk to lawyers about. Just shoot me an email. Uh, which you'll you'll get in a little bit, and I'll be glad to share those things with you. Um, One of the things that that I I really want to work with lawyers on, and and they're they're poor at this, and and again, we're poor at a lot of things because we've never been taught these things, but when you go to these net-weaving events, you know, we've all been to the uh, different networking type events, the chamber events, the lunches, whatever you want, and you'll have to stand up and, and give your, um, you know, the old term or the term elevator speech, which uh, I'm not really, you know, very, I don't like that term, quite frankly. <laughs> and in my book, and, and it doesn't come from me, it comes from other folks, it's beginning to change and, and your elevator speech is really becoming your audio logo. It's what you do by virtue of speaking it. And it's a little more comfortable when somebody asks you to give your, you know, your 30-second or your 60-second, um, and they'll stand up and say your elevator speech or whatever they say, but you're thinking in your mind, this is my audio logo. This is how I'm going to get my my message out. And I want to go over just a few things that may help. I, I will say this. I've got a, a whole section in my book that talks about your audio logo how to develop it, things that you can do to, to improve your audio logo. And again, please send me an email. I'll be glad to send you the ebook and you can you know read it because again we don't have the, the the time to go into everything in this half hour session. But one of the things I do want to point out is uh, I, I would really, really like you to think about staying away from ever saying Somebody asks you, you know, what do you do? The first thing out of your mouth or most attorneys' mouths is, I'm an attorney and I, with the firm of so-and-so, or I'm an attorney and I do divorce law, or something of that nature. It has been proven that probably when somebody says they're an attorney, that immediately turns people off. Same thing in involvement in the situation where somebody says, well, I'm a life insurance agent, and, you know, oh, sorry, i got to go on to the next person. So try to stay away from using the term, I am an attorney. And I'm going to share a couple of things with you in just a minute that that may help you in this regard. And again, I I wrote kind of a section in this in my book where you can start developing your your own audio logo. There's a couple of other things that that I just want to touch on, and then I'm going to give you a couple of examples of the audio logo. We've probably all been at meetings where somebody says, well, you can stand up and give your, quote, elevator speech. You know, please keep it to 60 seconds or whatever. My thought process basically is to make it as short as you possibly can and get your message across. We've all been at meetings where somebody gets up and they they start their 
elevator speech, and it goes on, and it goes on, and it goes on, and you're <laughs> sitting there going, is this guy ever going to shut up? And and what is it that he really does? I mean, you know, you're laughing, Nick, but we, we've Just all talk. been there. Like yeah, and it's true. We we yeah, and, and somebody gets up there and they go on and they go on and 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 by the time they're done, first of all, you're mad at them because they've taken up some of your time. Second of all, uh, they haven't really told you what it is they do, and uh, you know they've been gone on for two minutes and somebody says or three minutes they go, okay, Mr. Jones, you know, we've, we've got a bunch of other people in the room, and, and while I'm talking about the, the time frame. We have to have a couple of different audio logos. One, when, when you can get up and you've got that 60-second time frame, you want to do it in 30 seconds if you can. You want to keep it as short as possible. Get your point across. You also want to have a separate uh, audio logo when you're talking to someone, you meet someone one-on-one, and they say, well, Jim, what is it you do? And you can, you know, again, uh, a very, very short audio logo and then what you do is you kind of turn it around and ask them what they do, and what this does is then get them talking. A lot of attorneys will tell me, and this is a strange thing because we all know attorneys love to talk. We love to hear ourselves talk. But they say, well, Jim, you know, I, I go to these events, and I feel uncomfortable uh, because I don't know what to say to someone. And, you know, it's like, oh, really? You don't know what to say. You're an attorney. Yeah. And, and one of the things, and, and, and in my book, I've, I've, I've added some things that people can say to kind of break the ice, and one of the things, obviously, is what is it you do. But one of the things, quite frankly, I've found lately uh, is when you ask someone where they're from, and it is very interesting because when I've asked that question of people, there always seems to be some connection with someone. Where are you from? Well, I'm from upstate New York. Oh, where? Well, I got so-and-so. I'm from Chicago, or I'm from Texas, or I'm from Dallas. And all of a sudden, you start talking. And the way, the way society is today, we almost always know someone from some area um, of, of the mm-hmm. country. And, and, and that just leads into a conversation that has nothing to do business-wise. It totally takes it out of the frame, and then you become comfortable with someone and, and, oh, do you know so-and-so? Well, gee, I went to high school with so-and-so. Really? That's amazing. Yeah, he lives right across the street from me now. I've had that happen to me. And, you know, 800 miles away from my hometown, I've had somebody say, do you know so-and-so? Uh, yeah. And I went to high school with him. Well, he lives right across the street from me now. So you, you'd be Isn't surprised. So if you, yeah, it is wild. It's totally wild. And, and if you are stuck for what to ask someone, ask him that. And you, again, would be absolutely surprised. And the neat thing about it is that it gets you both talking and you're not even talking business. It starts to develop right. that relationship, that know, like, and trust. You know, and you talk to somebody for 20 minutes or 15 minutes and, and then you go, oh, by the way, what is it you do, Nick? Oh, really? <laughs> and, and it just really makes it so much more comfortable when you're doing something like that. So, um, you know, I want people to think in terms of how can they best use the opportunity they have to meet people. Now, I want to talk a little bit um, and, and just give you a couple examples, if you will, um, uh, of, of, of some audio logos that, that we have developed uh, when, we were, when I was writing this book and some of my clients, um, we developed audio logos and a couple of them even 
uh, were so good that we, we put them in the book. But, I, you know, again, though, when we're talking to someone, uh, with, with, with how you present yourself with your audio logo, and one of the easiest ways to start your audio logo, start thinking about your audio logo, is to use the word, I help. Okay? I help so-and-so. And I'm going to give you a few examples in a minute. But people really don't want to know what you do. They want to know what you can do for them. And if mm-hmm. you remember that, Good point. It'll, help, it'll help you develop uh, your audio logo so that you're saying right off the bat, I help by doing such and such. Um, and, and, and I'm going to give you a few examples. If you look at my book and you go on my book, um, and again, it's a free free book if you want. If you want a copy of the e-book, just let me know and I'll be glad to be glad to send it to you. And there are some good examples in there. Again, not all mine. Uh, it's they, come from a lot of other people. But again, I want to inter- reiterate, do not, Use the lawyer, I'm an attorney, I'm a lawyer type thing. And just a couple of examples. And again, one of the things I started doing too is trying to get people to keep the, um, their audio logo between, oh, 30 and 50 words. Okay, again, uh, once you start and start thinking in those terms, uh, you, you will see how you can pare your, your audio logo down so that it fits into a 30-second or a 15-second or whatever you need to do uh, when, you're, when you're meeting someone. But here's, a, here's just a couple examples of, of um, some of the, the audio logos that, that were in the book. It says, I help people work through the trauma of a family breakup. Oh, the thing you want to do is to get somebody to think what you just said and the next words they should say, or you want them to say, is, well, how do you do that? Well, if I just said to you, I help people work through the trauma of a family breakup. Now, you don't know exactly what it is I do. You may think I'm a lawyer, but... And so, Nick, you asked me, well, Jim, what do you mean by that? Well, you know, I uh, am a divorce lawyer or this and that. That's when you can bring in the lawyer part. But do you, but do you in do fact, that. tell people... Do you tell people, though, because otherwise, if you go too long and don't say anything, that might look like you're trying to hide something. It might be a little yeah. strange to people, but it's a, it's a nice, catchy, I like it, it sounds, because it gets them to ask, you know, it's not something that everyone's expecting to hear. So, um, you know, they might think, oh, is this person, now, what I see that ultimately happens, they might look at you and say, does this person look like uh, a therapist? Does this person person look like a financial person? Does this person look like a lawyer? And they're going to go through a little quick thing in their head and uh, try to figure out what you look like. So, um, you know, and then, you know, maybe they're going to be placing value judgments um, in their head. Like this person looks polite and friendly. I bet they're, uh, you know, a friendly profession or whatever's perceived as that. And then, oh, no, actually, you know, I'm a family law attorney. And um, hey, well, that's, uh, you're one of the nicest ones I've ever met. You know, that's what they should walk away with. One of the nicest divorce lawyers you've ever met, huh? Uh, anyway, well, here's another one. You know, and it, it, it goes, you know, I help people write and review contracts so that they can avoid costly lawsuits. Yeah, oh, that's perfect. How do, you, how do you do that? Okay. Uh, you know, just, just a couple others. Uh, you know, I help people who have been injured recover the money that is due them because of their injuries. 
you know, just a couple others without the health thing. You know, I work with clients to save them from paying more in estate taxes than they need to. Oh, how do you do that? Okay. I help people who have found themselves in financial difficulties many times through no fault of their own. Make a fresh start. Oh, really? I've got a cousin that's going through something right now. How do you do that? Do you see where we're going with this? It's it's uh, not coming out and saying I'm a foreclosure lawyer or I'm a contract lawyer or a transactional lawyer, but you're telling them how you help people, and then you get mm-hmm. them to ask you how you do that, and it just naturally leads into a conversation of what you do. Now, having said from, that, Jim, if I can jump in there, uh, from a psychological standpoint, what I think is happening too is if you tell someone what you do, you're talking about verbs. You're using action words instead of just a description of what is, you know, you just say, I am bankruptcy lawyer. I mean, people go straight to their thought process in their head of what does that look like, what does it sound like, versus they mm-hmm. give them an action. Um, I help people by doing this. I do something. Uh, they can hang their head on that action and uh, I think it's a more effective tool for memory. Oh, yeah, and, and it's the other thing, too, is just what can you do for me rather than I'm telling you what I do. It's what can I do to help you. Maybe it's helping a neighbor. Maybe it's helping you directly. But it's not saying I'm in a bankruptcy attorney. Well, hey, I don't need bankruptcy. I'm, I don't need an attorney. Mm-hmm. Bye. We'll see you later. You know, they don't think in terms of, well, maybe they got a cousin or an uncle or a family member that's in financial difficulty or somebody that just was in a car accident, something of that nature. I help those people. And so, therefore, you you get out of this mindset, well, I'm an attorney. Thank thank you very much. I'm going to the next person. Now, not everybody's going to respond to you. Heck, you know, if everybody responded to everybody favorably, what a great world it would be. But you may be talking to someone and they say, okay, thank you, and I've got to go see someone else. They don't quite tell you that. But the bottom line is, okay, the next person you meet might just say, well, gee, that's really interesting. I'd like to, I'd like, I'd like to learn more about what you do. Okay, hey, John, let's, let's have coffee in the next couple of days. Okay, oh, exactly. There you, exactly. There you go. You started. You started All right. Well, we're just about out of time, yeah. so give us a quick teaser for next week. Well, here's the thing. The most important thing in networking and that weaving, and I went back to that networking, I apologize, but here is the absolute most important thing, and it is the follow-up. How you follow up is the most important thing. Why to go to any of these events unless you're prepared to follow up with the people you meet. So next week, we're going to talk about some of the ways that you can follow up, some of the neat ways you can follow up without really following up. And it's kind of like getting back to where I say, how do you ask for referrals without asking for referrals? So we're mm-hmm. going to put in some ways that you can actually say, you know, and, and I just used one. Hey, Nick, um, you, know, you, you make a comment to me, gee, I really like what you're talking about. And my next question or thought is, hey, Nick, when can we have coffee? Let's go on and have coffee together. Oh, really? I've just followed up with you. Now, if I don't get that opportunity then, I can go back home and, you know, send you a email, send you a note card, or whatever the case may be. And we're going to talk about some of those ways that, that you can actually follow up that really, really make an impression on folks. Boy, that half hour goes oh, by quickly. Holy cow. <laughs> it does, it does, it does. A lot of good information, though. So um, we're out of time, and I want to thank Jim Thompson again for his time uh, on today's program, and we'll be back here, rain or shine, next week, uh, the 17th of March. We'll be a happy St. Patrick's Day. 
and uh, we'll do a follow-up show, all about following up. So uh, thank you all for tuning in to this episode of Law Talk Radio, and uh, this is Nick Augustine, and I'll see you all next time. Thanks, Nick. Bye-bye, Jim. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.